Welcome to our podcast. Today we have Nikki Bruckner with us. Hey, Nikki, how are you? I'm good, Nadia. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. So I just have a question for you. What is World Color Studio? Well, uh, World Color Studio, it's a film production company that I formed in 2008 in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I tend to focus on, or we tend to focus on short films, features, music videos. I also help other people by doing project development. We do production managing, producing, and currently I'm mentoring screenwriting for black filmmakers. Yeah, and working on a female film festival here in Berlin. Okay, that's so great. So, so have you been doing events so far in the last two years? What, what was your path with that? Well, we had the first edition last year, so we had about 500 entrants, and then we had to choose out of that, I think it was 56 films. This year it's going to be slightly different because we have corona issues, so we're going into the bigger cinema, and mm-hmm. but we'll have uh, less tickets that we can sell, and we're also putting a part of the festival online. Okay, yeah. great. And is it also a digital format? or Exactly. We're yeah. running that also digital. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that way we can reach more people. We're doing mm-hmm. podcasts. We're doing live screenings and, yeah, and also just to give something back to the filmmakers. Wow. And you are also a curator or also showing your own films? No, I am not showing my own films mm-hmm. in my own festival. That's kind of not mm-hmm. allowed. Mm-hmm. I do part of the programming, the film selection, mm-hmm. marketing, okay. PR. Yeah. Nice. Wow, that, that sounds amazing. So you also have been traveling a lot of places in your life. And I know you also did a project, uh, for example, in Senegal. So maybe you just want to tell us a little bit about what impact traveling had on your life. I would say I've traveled all my life. I moved as a child. I moved from East Germany to West Germany to Australia. But yeah, so I've traveled a lot as a child. I've traveled a lot as an adult. I traveled for two years around the world with my partner and my two kids. So it's just, it's a, it becomes a bit of a lifestyle, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, I it's part of your DNA. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I have seen also some amazing projects you have done in Berlin. You had a project which was in the outskirts of Berlin, or rather Brandenburg, with uh, refugees from Syria and from other parts of the world uh, where they actually developed their own films. I thought that was one of your greatest projects as well. Yes, that was 2015 when mm-hmm. um, all the refugees came to to Berlin and there was just so many teenagers also on their own that uh, really had no place to go, didn't have anything to do. So we just mm-hmm. decided, okay, but what they all had was stories to tell. So the idea was to uh, take them out of the city, take them out of these homes that they were put in and onto a real Bauernhof, mm-hmm. like an hour out of uh, Berlin. Mm-hmm. And we sat there for 10 days and kind of created this family environment with them and got them to write their own mm-hmm. stories and then we filmed them and... Yeah, it was fun. We did mm-hmm. that over three years. Mm-hmm. Great project. You also did some charity of your own. Can you tell us a little about, about that? Oh, yes, I forgot. Um, my father left in early 80s back mm-hmm. to Senegal and then I had no contact with him. 2017, I found him again. He was living in, in America at the time, mm-hmm. but then moved back to Senegal in 2018. So mm-hmm. then I decided, because I'd never, I've traveled the world, but I'd never been to Africa 
that I would go to Senegal and visit him and his family, which was amazing. Uh, you haven't seen him for a while then? I think it was like 40 years or something. Oh, like, my God, yeah. really? That's really a lot. So it was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. I also met this huge family. I have like now 10 brothers and sisters. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. huge. <laughs> But uh, when I left after the first time, I just decided I really wanted to uh, give something back to the country itself because Senegal is, parts of Senegal are are quite poor. The people, you know, the people are happy, but they're poor. They don't have a lot. And Mm -hmm. I just thought, well, I'm part of this gateway to the first world to, you know, I could do something basically. So when I arrived back here, I decided to search for NGOs that were already working on the ground in Senegal that I could possibly support. And um, I found this amazing um, NGO called CREATE. And CREATE basically works in rural Senegal. They work with women and their families. Mm-hmm. And they set up solar-powered wells. They teach them how to do agriculture. Like it's just the whole thing is just great. And, um, you know, I do fundraising for them. CREATE has also two or three different schools. And there's mm-hmm. one specific school that's got 150 children in it a hundred of those are girls mm-hmm. and usually in Senegal the girls in the age of 10 to 13 are sent back to their families to do the chores of mm-hmm. you know the chores in the house so to mm-hmm. speak mm-hmm. so the school reached out to me because we already went there and delivered them some you know pencils and stuff like that and they reached out to me and they asked if I could help them uh, get things like computers and mm-hmm. stuff like that okay. so Nice. That's kind of my new mission to go and help these girls to keep them in school, to show them the bigger world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With the idea is, you know, education will help them to okay. then make the right choice for them. Mm-hmm. If that's to go to university or if that's to go back to their families, it's, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at least they have a choice. And the universities in Senegal are crazy. There's mm-hmm. like, they have one lecture, and in this lecture, I kid you not, there's 2,000 people, mm-hmm. and you have to rock up to this lecture like two hours before so you can get a spot somewhere where you can actually hear <laughs> these people. Wow. Because okay. I guess most of it, they don't have to pay. Mm-hmm. But these people just say so the people, they want to come and they want to learn, mm-hmm. but the infrastructure is not there, or, you know, if they live out on the land, they can't actually make it back into the city and because mm-hmm. too much travel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Wow, okay, so it's a big path to go, but it's also fun to do it, I think. <laughs> it's great. I don't know, I've realized that over the years is that my passion seems to be with women, with girls, mm-hmm. also black people, mm-hmm. their rights. Well, it just yeah. kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. Right. So now my question for you, because we're doing blog for another planet, is what would you tell a guest from another galaxy? Uh, what are the biggest achievements of humankind? What would you tell them? <laughs> so, Nadia, I really struggled <laughs> with this question. <laughs> okay, so I struggled with the question mainly because development, achievement, da-da-da, all these things, if I look at it on the bigger scale... I actually think a lot of those things are downfall to humanity. Mm-hmm. What I think is one of the biggest achievements would be things like the telephone, the internet, the fact that we're able to communicate with mm-hmm. people on the other side of the planet, mm-hmm. with people in different cultures, with with anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that for me is the biggest because everything else, if I'm thinking about it, 
There's a downside to it. There's always an upper, like mm-hmm. that's great, but we're going to build the next thing. That's great. We're going to mm-hmm. build something else, something okay. bigger, something faster, something mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, mm-hmm. there's more and more people in the world. It's just like the planet is, I don't know, I'm such a hippie. The planet is <laughs> suffering, you know. Yeah, but I think yeah. I think that's 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 it. I mean, just to have that cable to be able to see to talk to the person on the other side, it's it's a big achievement. Great. Well, <laughs> it's also we can we can pass on information. You know, mm. like right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, it was a, it's a hard question to answer. Okay. What would you say for yourself for your personal development? Which was your favorite decade or century or years where you would say this this was something that really had a big impact on you? I would have to go with the 20th century mm-hmm. if it's about me. Mm-hmm. I guess the 20th century for me was also the fall of the Berlin Wall, mm-hmm. which was a big, had a big impact. Yeah, I think that's really um, one big part of your life also. Well, it's just, it's, you know, it kind of shaped me who I am. I just mm-hmm. figure people shouldn't be living behind a wall. Mm-hmm. I guess that's where my, you know, motto freedom comes from and mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. why I then, mm-hmm. don't know, travel the world, I guess. Right, right. Yeah. And is there a, maybe a scientist or a writer or an artist, you would say, who had a big impact on you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember being at university and learning about Nelson Mandela being on the other side of the world in sleepy Tasmania, Australia, where there's really you know, the rest of the world is so far away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then learning about Nelson Mandela and uh, just thinking, wow, how crazy is that, that he's in jail for so many years for something, you know, for just fighting for his rights. Mm-hmm. So that was my first one. Then I went and saw a film called Stephen Biko. I don't know if you guys know it, but mm-hmm. um, I remember walking out of that film and just going, wow. Uh, I was so angry at the world. Mm-hmm. But that's where I learned that the input of film is uh, it's like a really powerful medium, you know, to get to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's where I started figuring out also that, you know, in some ways I'm in a minority, even though I'm not in the minority mm-hmm. uh, in the world as far as business and education, da-da-da goes. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if anyone knows Ava DuVaney. She's the American director, film no. director. Okay. What, what, She's done films like Selma. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, which was based on the 1965 Montgomery voting rights mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she does incredible work. She came out of nowhere. She mm-hmm. hasn't really studied film or anything. She just came out of nowhere. She just decided to grab these stories and there's so many stories that really need to be told and mm-hmm. need to be told by black people also. So mm-hmm. she did that. She also did A Wrinkle in Time, which is a Walt Disney film mm-hmm. that all of a sudden put put a black hero out there for, you know, little girls to see. Well, when was that? It's like called it. A Wrinkle in Time. I think it came out 2016, somewhere okay. around there. All right. So pretty recently, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's, she's pretty new on the scene, mm-hmm. but she is prolific. Like she has so many projects that she just brings out and everyone is better than the next. Like it's, mm-hmm. I think she's amazing. So well, okay. if I had to have a hero, she's my hero okay. today. Good, we have a hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, super. Um, you, you've been talking about this, that it's also important to tell the black story um, from a black person perspective. 
my question is also about gender. Would it be different if you were a man or is it different to be a woman in, in this field that you choose to work in? The short answer is yes, it's different. Mm -hmm. Do I let that difference uh, interpret it, like uh, guide me? Like mm -hmm. do I play by the rules or not? And I generally don't. But yes, the film industry is... It's changing. It's everything is slowly changing. But I think if I was a what if I was a white male, mm -hmm. <laughs> possibly, <laughs> I think I would have had a different life. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I'm the same person that I am, actually, I think there's not many d things that I would have done differently. Besides, uh, I wouldn't have gone off and had two children and taken mm -hmm. out my five years of being a parent mm -hmm. um, because I just decided I wanted to devote that time to the kids that I decided to put into the world. So. Mm. I think that would have really been the only difference. Maybe more doors would have opened, but I think also if I want a door to open, I make it open. Mm -hmm. So I just decided I'm just going to keep doing what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And if somebody decides to, you know, to judge if I'm a woman or not, then uh, I'm good enough because I'm a black woman or I'm not, then that's that's their decision, really. I'm just not going to let it, you know, influence mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. That's That's very good. <laughs> Yeah, so basically I think that's important to understand also with the history of film. Uh, what what you're saying is, is not only your personal experience, but it is actually a development that we can see now out in the world and that that people are shaken by it and that it will really change the world, I think. I hope so. I mean, mm -hmm. I have to believe that it will change. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to change slowly. Some people are going to be reluctant to change, but it's happening. You know, like that's why I'm part of this mentor team to help bring black stories to life. If other people are not funding it, then we'll fund it ourselves, basically. Mm -hmm. Like we'll find a way to produce them and uh, show them. Yeah, I think that's also great that you have already overcome so many borders and you have overcome so many difficulties. And I think it's also part of it is, as you said, you know, being a parent and being freelance, you you have to be inventive, you have to be quick, you have to be fast and you have to be also a little bit, you know, demanding. And suddenly things get done much quicker because, you know, around the corner there's somebody waking up and maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> who needs your attention. So I think that's... That's our job as women, isn't it? Right. Like mo mothers. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. So if you see a young woman now, what would you what would be your advice? What would you give her as um something that is important to you? I would say that firstly figure out what it is that makes you tick. Mm -hmm. You know, what makes you smile, what makes you happy, what do you want to do? And then I would say there's always a way. You can just uh, you can just you just have to keep looking to actually find the way, but there's always a way. And yeah, and just to basically drone out all those bad voices around mm -hmm. you and just stay focused on what it is that you want, that you need. Okay. <laughs> and is there a motto you would say, a claim or something that is also part of you or that's a World Color Studio for you? There's this really short little uh, poem from Maya Angelou, which mm -hmm. you might know. Um, but it says, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I like that a lot. That's very nice. I yeah. have to read more from Maya Angelou. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. okay. 
Well, thank you so much. It was a very, very touching podcast for me and great to have you here. <laughs> thank you for inviting me, Nadja.